Hello, this is episode six of Word Spoken. Thank you for tuning in. Um, trust me, you guys are in for a treat with this one this week because we have got our very first flow poet coming onto the show. Now, if you've been listening to the previous episodes, you might have heard us speak a little bit about flow poets and flow vortex. And anyway, the poet we got coming onto the show is part of that poetry collective. So I'm really, really grateful that he's come down to Word Spoken. And yeah, as I said, you guys are in for a treat make sure you check out the video that's going to be online um it's a really great piece that he does at the end called isolation and i it will be not only on our instagram but also on our youtube channel so yeah make sure you check that out like share subscribe all that bloody blah good stuff um so yeah the poet we've got coming on to the show this week goes by the name of fisky fisky is not only a flow poet but he's also the founder of the night called mind ever matter Um, which is an incredible night that happens twice a month um, and is a poetry, spoken word uh, and hip-hop open mic night which uh, focuses around mental health awareness Um, and it's a really great night so if you haven't gone to that already make sure you check that out you can give that night a follow by heading to mindovermatterldn on Instagram um, yeah, so the conversation we're about to have is really interesting. Um, he really opens up in this interview. We get to learn about, well, as the tagline says, the person behind the poetry, but also some of the things he's gone through and what has led him to write and create the work which he performs for us on the show. So yeah, in this episode, we talk about a number of things, um, starting off with Fisky's struggle with addiction. Um, we then talk about mind over matter and what role that night has sort of played in his life. Um, we talk about the Stop It campaign, which uh, he did in collaboration with some of the other flow poets. And then we go on to talk about what he's got next in the, uh, coming up in the future. And trust me, he's got a lot there. His style is punchy. His flow is incredible. And the first piece he's going to perform for us is called Man Enough. I'd rather feel nothing than this sadness. So I reach for a bottle and a gram for a makeshift bandage. But these wounds aren't the kind to be bandaged. Offers of help, an alien language. I know what it is to feel hopeless. But what's left to fear when you face the hopeless? It's crap to have nothing. You want to collapse, feel trapped. Perhaps you plan a relapse, go in circles until the square one you're back. The never-ending story, it's time to quit. I can see where it's going, every sequel shit. No progress, swamped in sadness. Our tax consumed by the nothing, do we fail or... Carry on until we're strong enough to carry Falcor on our backs. So, I'm trying out abstinence, finding myself in the lab since I can't find my way out this labyrinth. I can't escape the things that I've seen in my days. I can't take back the things that I've been, there's no way. To replace the decisions and mistakes that I made. It's no move, he can't go back and reenact a scene again. Director's chair empty, there's no actors anywhere to play. Our parts. Cameras off, they can't capture all we say. There's no script. I wish there was, and I would know what to say. No credits roll, screen fades to black. This fear of happiness is crippling. I'm sitting in hell, the stress is tripling. Delve in the depths of introspection where I dwell. When I'm coming up again for air, there's no way to tell. So I'm left to peruse with this bottle of booze. It's been so long since my life's had any kind of rules. They got flushed, now I've got trust and a whole host of issues. It's no excuse. I know I need to wipe away the blues. I'm spilling my soul and I can't clean it up with tissues. And I'll never ask for help because I can do it on my own. But now I'm having doubts because I'm sitting here all alone. Surround myself with isolation. Writing in the beginning was only to escape a hopeless situation. I nurtured it too much and it birthed an abomination. A mad doctor murdered by his very own creation. The reason I write became prison I can't escape from. The reason the mic's a lonely form of aspiration. 
It's hard to plan the future when you're stuck in the past. The present feels like the past. This moment's moving so fast. I'm drowning in life. Ain't going to make it to the raft. Start to lose my grasp. Class, my last breath. A gas, glass half full. The empty half reminds of too much. Running from depression, but it always seems to catch up. Have a down day. They say, come on, Fisky, man it up. I've been manning up since 16. Tell me, is that man enough? Fisky, thank you so much for performing that first piece for us. No problem. Um, and thank you very much for coming down. Um, Thanks for having me. No, you're more than welcome. Uh, so how are you doing? Are, I'm good. You right? You're yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm white. I'm white. I'm white. <laughs> it's like a bit of a gloomy Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit grim out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for sharing that first piece. Um, that was really great. When 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 did you write that? I wrote that the morning I got sober after 20 years of addiction. Wow. Okay. So I guess that was literally leads me perfectly onto my kind of first question. Um, is I've kind of noticed because I've kind of seen you at a couple of nights. We kind of got to know each other through that. Um, and yeah, I guess that's a theme which I noticed in your work is obviously uh, your life has been in some ways affected by your addictions. Mm. Um, so do you want to feel like the listeners shared some light on that and essentially allow us to understand all that from your point of view? Um, well, with addiction, you'll find pretty much in most cases that it's never the alcohol and the drugs, it's what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And for me... Um, it's a long story, but yeah, yeah. I'm, basically, it's I'm sure. it's um my earliest memory is is seeing my dad crying because my brother had died. So I walked into like my nan's front room, and I didn't realise what that was until I was a lot older. But then when I was sixteen, my mum passed away from cancer, and it's really that's really where all these issues come from. Like a lot of people, a lot of my family, a lot of friends have passed away. Is when I got sober. About four months after I got sober, I started feeling those feelings again. I was like, oh God, like everyone's dead. I was sad. And um, I wanted to drink and do drugs again because that's what I've always done. But I actually went to therapy. Well, I didn't go to therapy. I had like um, three, four um, counselling sessions on the phone. And I emailed this counsellor and she was like, what's going on? How long has it been going on for? And how have you been handling it? So I told her there was, at that point, there was a lot of people that passed away. And she says, right. Actually, her her actual words were "fucking hell." You've been through a lot. <laughs> like that was her actual words, yeah. and I think for me that was that's all I needed to hear because I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't really hear that from a lot of people. It was just sort of, oh, you should be used to it by now, man up. Do you know what I mean? It's like, all right, yeah. Um, but after hearing that, that's when I actually opened up for the first time in my life, and I was thirty six at the time. And one thing she said to me was, write down on a bit of paper everyone who's passed away. And at the time, it was it was ten people. I think now it's eleven. But um, it really all came from from my mum at sixteen because when you watch someone, especially your mum, do you know what I mean? It's your mum, and I couldn't do anything to help her. My dad couldn't, doctors couldn't, and that gives you a sense of of hopelessness. And combined with everything else that's going on when you're sixteen, you're just getting to know your parents like as people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 true. Because there is that bit of switchover at that kind of age, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And for me, it was like, I mean, that was traumatic enough watching my mum go through that. I'm sure. And then watching my dad go through through it and my sister not knowing what to do. And like, it was just chaos. It's the only way I can explain it is just, it was just chaos. Mm. And then... So, uh, so, 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 so you then kind of said that when you became sober, all those feelings came rushing back. Yeah. So essentially you... Uh, 
got into abusing substances as a way of numbing the pain, right? That's like quite a common thing. We Basically, hear like it. for me, it was well, I grew up. It was quite an aggressive environment. Like I was, I was never really into fighting. I was never really good at it. I'd rather write a poem. Do you know what I mean? But I was yeah. around it, and I had to act like I could fight sometimes. And sometimes I had to fight. And the people that I was around um, were just fighters. Do you know what I mean? That's, mm. that's, that's what they did, and they had to be as well because it was an aggressive place to live. And um, we sort of drank and did drugs even before my mum. I think the first time I got drunk, I was twelve on a school trip. Yeah, on like Portuguese fire water or something. Like <laughs> Portuguese fire yeah, water, it was like ninety percent or something stupid. And it was just like from then it was really just something we did just to pass the time. Like there was no reason for it. Mm. But then when all that stuff started happening at sixteen, I remembered that I was like, hang on, when I, whenever I smoked weed or like did gas or like out of a lighter things you know? yeah 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 just anything like to get a different buzz a different sense of reality i started to remember that and i was like all oh, right cool so i started smoking weed heavily at 16 like properly heavily mm. and then by 18 it had messed my head up so much i gave up smoking weed at 18 and then sort of went out into the drinking scene and was working in a bar and then the pills came the coke came the md came and then it all just kind of spiraled from there then did it yeah pretty much um but it was like, because all that stuff going on at 16, I didn't speak to anyone until I was like 18, until I got the courage up to go to a counsellor. Mm. And my first experience of counselling, and I'm not saying, I'm about to say some stuff, but what I'm about to say, I'm not saying don't go to therapy. I'm just saying, for me, I've got some issues with it because of what I'm about to tell you. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like sure. When I was 18, I went, I went to my family doctor and... He was like, oh, I thought I'd see you eventually, Paul. Because he knew my mum like well and stuff. Mm. And he gave me a phone number. And I was like, all right. So I went home, phoned it, went to this counselling uh, thing and walked in. And I remember walking in and there was a woman sat where you are now, like, right in front of me. And there was mm. one over there with a clipboard. And I walked in and she just went, what's wrong with you? I was like, see you later. And then for me, that sparked 20 years of, of addiction. No way. So I still, to this day, I don't trust them. Like, I should. And I'm not saying don't go to therapy, but because of that. And throughout the 20 years, there were some other occasions when it wasn't that bad, but there was a time when I was working. I used to work for a big company. And my manager was like, um, I was coming in late and having days off. And he knew, like, it was everyone drank there. Mm. But he took me aside one day and was like, are you right? I was like, nah. And at this point, it was like, I was carrying around the weight of 10 people that I hadn't dealt with and I didn't even know until I wrote them down when that counsellor told me to and he was just like he put me on a phone in an office I was like no I'm not alright I don't know how to deal with everything I've never dealt with anything I'm just drinking and doing drugs every day when I get home and he was like speak to um, our counselling team so I went on the phone and called them and explained them what was going on oh yeah we can definitely help you but not until June and this was like in February And I was like, all right, fine. It was some like um, technicality with the financial year or when I started or something like that. And I was like, right, what if I was suicidal? But I wasn't. Yeah. But what if I was? And at that point, I was again, I was like, you know what, fuck it. And just started drinking again for like five years. So it was all them little things like that um, that... Even to this day, I'm just like, no, stay away from me. Were you you writing throughout all of this time? Um, I started writing... Writing's always been a part of my life. Like my dad was um, creative, he's like a, a musical producer and he taught drama and English. Mm. My mum taught English. Um, so it was always there. 
And I had my first poem published when I was like 12 or something. It, what? No, it wasn't like nothing. It was like Kellogg's <laughs> when I was at school. And it was like, oh, yeah. it was, I think it was called Going to America. Because, yeah, that was, I think I'd just been to America at that point. <laughs> it was nothing yeah. deep. Like. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after that, I didn't, I always enjoyed writing, but I never, because between the ages of 16 and 36, really, I was, I was, I was living what I'd end up writing about. Mm. Really? Yeah. yeah, so I, I I did release an album in 2014 called Ten Years, and that was unintentional. But I just I'd written and recorded so many songs from probably the age of 27 to 30, 30 something like that. Mm. Um, just to just literally for therapy, just to to get it out because I never had anyone to talk to about it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's not completely true. There were people, but it was a lot of drunken, coked up stuff, and in the morning, nothing. And it's all the it's same again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I used to just record stuff and sort of listen to it back. And then I got to the point where I had so many songs, I might have just put an album out. And I recorded a few more songs and put an album out and it, it went all right. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, like writing in any form has always just been therapy. Like when, yeah, when I was 16 and no one had answers, like no one could save my mum. Yeah. I used to go upstairs and like listen to music. And that's when I found UK hip hop or hip hop. And then I found UK hip hop. And I was like, I like this, I can do this. Like, and mm. then it just, it really saved my life, like writing this stuff. But at the same time, I still was drinking and doing drugs, like all the time. But yeah. It was always that only positive way that I could express what I wanted to, but no one would let me for whatever reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so I was going to ask you a question here, and I think you've already answered it. But I was um, at a uh, night the other week called Off the Chest which uh, oh, yeah, that, a yeah. guy called Ifdo and a girl called Ella run. It's kind of recently launched, but it's a really good night. Um, and the feature act there was a guy called Kareem Parkins Brown. Have you heard of him? The name rings a bell. Yeah, he, he was amazing. Um, but one of the things he said at the kind of very end uh, of his set was it was almost kind of like a, um, like a warning message or just something, just generally trying to give some advice to younger poets on the scene or whatever. Um, and he basically said that, remember, spoken word and poetry is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. It sounds like you completely disagree with that, maybe, in your case. Do you know what? There's this whole thing that I'm seeing online lately, right, about, like, poetry shouldn't be used as therapy and stuff like that. Mm. And to a point, yeah, I'm not saying, like I said in the beginning, I'm not saying don't go to therapy. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But for someone in my that was in my position, and there still are people in that position. Yeah. If if you can't afford private therapy, the NHS is a fucking mess yeah, it and it's is. getting worse. Like yeah. the waiting list are months long. All I'm saying is it's a good bridge while you're waiting for the right therapy. And therapy for me, um, I mean, writing, it is a form of therapy. Like I'm not saying yeah. like don't ever go to a psychologist, like do that. Yeah, That's yeah, not what yeah. I'm saying. But yeah, I don't agree with him to be honest, like yeah, I mean, to, a, to a certain extent because... And another th- great thing about writing is I've, I've written so many pieces, right? And written something and then been like, oh, I should probably go and speak to someone about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Writing made me realise that I've been living with PTSD for multiple traumas. And I wrote something about it and I was like, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Writing for me is, is and for a lot of other people, it, it gets things out on a page. Mm. I'm not saying, like, if he's... What did he say again? No, he, he just said that uh, spoken word and poetry is therapeutic, fe- is therapeutic yep. but not therapy. Yeah. And certain- I agree. Uh, to be honest, I do agree with that Yeah, to yeah. a certain extent. But it, it, if, you're, if all you have is writing, 
Yeah. Then what are you can do not right. No, I mean, you know right, what I mean. Yeah. It's like for me, it's when um, he, when he, when he, when he said that, I kind of was a bit shocked because uh, I, I, you know, on this kind of show so far, we've this kind of topic has come up a lot, and what we've, what I've concluded with most of the with, with most of the poets that have come onto the show is that actually, yeah, it is a way of processing your thoughts. It is a way of getting, you know, what's inside your head down onto a page and almost just staring back at it. It's the definition of poetry. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Literally. Like, I, it does annoy me sometimes when I see things online. There was, I can't remember who the poet was. I think she was Australian. And she did this whole post about um, uh, poetry shouldn't be used as therapy on an unsuspecting crowd. I was like, mm. I don't know what sort of nights you're going to where there's no deep poetry. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. I, don't, I don't think you should tell people what to write about. No. Like, because no. if I hadn't written, I probably wouldn't be here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I do agree with him to an extent because, yes, I'm not a mental health uh, professional. And my, uh, I do it, yeah, to an extent, but it's, I'm conflicted about the whole thing because yeah. it saved my life. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Well, look, um, tell us a little bit about your second piece. So your second piece is called Unwritten Letters and Broken Pens. Yes. So this um, is an alphabet poem and it was inspired by a poet called I Am Shaheed. Mm-hmm who's known on the scene as a sensei and he's a good friend. And he wrote a piece called Unwritten Letters. And then a poet called Broken Pen um, was inspired by that and wrote a piece called I Am Shaheed. <laughs> and then a poet called Woodsy was inspired by that and wrote a poem called I Am Shaheed's Broken Pen. <laughs> and then that inspired me to write Unwritten Letters and Broken Pens. That's almost a poem wow. in itself, isn't it? This is, it is, man. So that, that's, there's a whole chain of poets. Yeah that built that that led you to write this piece yeah and that, it's just like it's just really cool. it took me from the point of saying i was going to do it to writing notes on my phone to it took me about a year to write record listen remember a year yeah because i have this thing with writing where i'll start something and then i just leave it yeah and then yeah. i go back to it yeah same and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it takes me like two weeks to remember it took me so long to memorize it i, I so you so you were going to do this completely from the top of your head yeah, yeah, yeah. That is nuts. Because, right, listeners, you are about to hear how nuts this, this poem is. And the fact that you're going to be doing it without anything in front of you, is that is, yeah, that must take yeah, a I like while to, to like, memorize. I've got no issue with people reading off their phones. Like, but when I do it, yeah, it's just like, it puts me off. Like, no, so yeah, I just, you're right. You're I try, right. To, try to memorize it. Like, I just can't perform in it. I, I'm like, I can't see what they're, what they're thinking if there's any reactions, like, because I'm looking at my phone. <laughs> so I just, I make myself memorize it. Cool. Okay, wicked. Well, look, on that note, um, look, there's so much I want to talk to you about, so we're going to have to do that after this poem. Cool. But, uh, yeah, this second piece we're going to hear from Fisky is called Unwritten Letters and Broken Pens. All of us, our ancestors, await in ascension, alleviate all apprehension. Architects of art are alive and awesome, although all artists aren't aware. Adjust audio, anger, abandoned an age ago. Acceptance arises after. Appreciate all avenues. Accept answers after addressing agendas, approaching audience and attach annotation to aura. Awkwardly awaiting anomalies, arriving at alignment, burying bullshit, billions blinded, binded behind bars, but bars bind us. Bringing belief, better believe, burials be big business, being better, bollocks, better being broken and built by brittle bricks, blank canvas, carving chaos candidly, collages of clarity, connecting consciousness, creating community, casually causes commercial carcasses, creativity can, deplete depression, don't dwell dark depths, devil dancing, dangerous, darkened doorways, deliver dodgy deities, desolate destinations don't deserve, diddly, diddy, dilly, dally, definitely, direction derived from desperation drives dreams. 
Everything's energy, even emojis. Elevated experience, elevates expression. Eradicate, evil essence, essential entities enter effortlessly, equaling emphasis embedded in eternity. Extract, exhaustive elements. Fuck, fake friends. Flaws, fundamental flow. Freely flow. Heal me, feel. Family in front, forever free from fearful fear forces failure. Frequent feelings frequently forget. Fighting futile futures, forgive, forgiving finds. Freedom, goodbye gardens of guarded growth, graffiti, gallows, given a glimpse of graft. Grew up with grimy geezers, gurning, guzzling gallons, given a gift of gibberish. Get a gist of it? Getting grief guided. God. Gradually, gather gratitude, go get is getting gauntless, how hard of ours haunted, harsh hearts hear hatred, healing hurts, however, helps, hell's highway, hijacked heaven's hallway, hanging hopes hat half-heartedly, in, introspection, I am, imperfection, isolation, interpreted as intimacy, ink, intention, Instagram, influencers, influencer, relevance, idiots, ignore, idolise, isolated, I'm on my, jays, joining Judas, jeopardising journeys, joyfully, judgy, George, jabber, justifying, jealous, judgement, killing, kindness, karma, kaput. Lady Luck Lackluster learning love's lost language, lost life, lost love, lost lectures, lost learns, lessons, missing many, memories muffled, multiple mistakes made, minimal minimize, minimise, mimic my mic, might miss, mischief mirror me, my metamorphosis moved, morbid moods, manifesting movements, many mornings mangle more, morning meaning, never, nurture narcissism, negate, negative narratives, no, oracles of obstinance, obliterate, obsolete obsessions, optimist, optional. Overall, obstacles offer options, pharmaceutical prescriptions, please, poetry prescribed, pen perfectly poised, pencil penetrate, paper perplexing perpetrators permanently, process pain, pivot purposely, Peter Piper picks peppers, Paul peppers paragraphs, painting pictures perfectly, procrastination pinpoints poetic peril, poetry propels purpose, proving plagiarism pointless, people powerless, petty politicking, quick quarrelling, questionable qualms, quote, there was quality and quantity in my quill, Recovery, relapse, recovery, relapse. Repetition reiterates reality, representing return to redemption. Regardless, senseless scriptures strengthen stigmas. Saudi to seven sisters, still stands as standing strong. Some speak, some suffer, succumb silently. Sometimes silent sentences seep serenity. Soul sirens screeching, sounding similar to Satan, serving sterile substance. So seek sanction. Some switch shades, snakes shedding skin, swimming seas of sunken souls. So suicide sought, too terrified to talk, tiptoe through therapy, trawling trauma, triggers torment, tempting tragedy. Utilise unions, ultimately uniting us unleashes understanding, unsubscribed from unhelpful utterings, views don't verify vision, vanity vandalises value, violent vendettas vividly volatile, vanishing a vortex of valour, voices voicing the voiceless, venom vaporised, verbalised till I vomit verse and vibes. Vocabulary vanguards, voice of wizard, woodsy, wise word writers. When will we wander without worry? Worse miss wobble when we worship woes. Which way is spot marked by X, Y, yearn? Yesterday, yellowing yearbooks, younger you, yanked yonder years. YouTube, yattering, yabbering, yammering, yuppify, zombie, zillionaires, zigzagging zestfully for the zillium zodiac cycle at zenith. I'm excusing myself to catch a zillion Z's in Zion with Zeus in zoos of zen. How can I never believe in anything again when I wrote these unwritten letters with a broken pen? Fisky, <laughs> what the? I was my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> what? 
Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. What? What was that? <laughs> it was like, it's inspired by three of the best poets I know, man. Do you yeah. Know what I mean? like, and I can tell that was, um, your, your flow in that, your delivery, your, like, your, your, that was, that was really nuts. That was like next level. It. <laughs> it did, like I said, it took me like a, a year to, from point of, thinking about it to finishing and memorizing it that doesn't surprise me one bit but I, wanted, I wanted to keep the narrative as well through it do you know what i mean yeah that's, for me that's the first positive poem i've ever written like not that my stuff's negative mm. but the most sort of me projecting other things other than depression and yeah. addiction and stuff yeah 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 awesome man look so uh i quickly want to ask you uh so you're if anyone's seen the youtube video or seen the photos which you definitely should do you will see that fisky himself is repping his own night called Mind Over Matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that night, when you started it, how long it's been going on for, what's it all about? Um, I actually started Mind Over Matter the same morning I wrote Man Enough, the first poem. I was right. busy that morning, man. <laughs> yeah, that um, uh, was a big day. Yeah, well, like I said, through all those, all those 20 years, um, I didn't have a lot of help. Do you know what I mean? And it got to the point that day when... It was after a friend's wedding on a Saturday. No, actually the week before, I went to an AA meeting, mm-hmm. like where I live. And AA's never worked for me. I've been twice and it has the opposite effect. Like when I went a week before I actually got sober, I knew my friend's wedding was coming up. So I went, I was like, well, I'm going to go and drink. So it means I'm going to do drugs. It's like shoes and socks for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I went anyway. And within 10 minutes of leaving, I had cocaine and alcohol because those meetings for me, it's just like me sitting with my mates telling war stories. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And so, yeah, for me, again, I'm not saying don't go to AA because it's saved lives. I'm just saying for me, it doesn't, it doesn't work for everyone. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, of course, it works yeah. for a lot of people and it's a great thing, but it just didn't work for me. And um, so I went to my friend's wedding, drank, did drugs and came home and carried on on my own until Monday morning. I was unemployed because I'd left uh, my job sort of a little bit before and the money was running out Yeah, and I hadn't dealt with like anything, anyone that had died. And it, I don't know what happened. Something just clicked. I was just sick of it. I was like, what am I doing? And I had like, blood coming out of my nose. I've been doing God knows how much coke over those three days and bottles mm. of vodka. I was crying. I was like on the floor, like in a fetal position, just like, ah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm just sick of this. And that's that's at that moment i was still high when i wrote man enough because that was those feelings coming out of everyone saying like man up and do this and do that and i was like fucking i'm sick of it mm. and that's where that poem came from like, i was literally still drunk and high crying when i wrote that that's why it ends with is that fucking man enough like, i want to say is that fucking man enough do you know what I mean? yeah i didn't do that <laughs> just is that man enough because i was angry um and yeah at that point I needed something like the great thing about AA and stuff like that. It gives you a plan and it gives you steps and it gives you something to aim for. So I was like, right, what can I do? Um, so I had to put a couple of events on locally at this pub. Um, it went really well for charity mm. um, recently before that. Um, so I was like, right, what am I going to do? So I just reached out to a few poets that I knew and I wasn't really in the scene at this point. Like I, I'd been going to an event called Word on the Street. Mm-hmm. run by Shady, which is unfortunately not running anymore, but I think she's coming back next year with um, some version of it. Yeah. Um, but it was really going to that event um, and Shay encouraging me that made me get up on stage. So yeah. I always say, 
in sort of interviews. And I've said to her before, like, sometimes all it takes is, and I didn't really know Shay at the time. I know her now. I consider her sort of a friend now. But at the time, I didn't know her. Mm. I sort of met her a few times and she was always encouraging and would tell me what the good bars were and stuff like that. And I never had that. It was always, there was no encouragement with the like, the writingness. It was always like, oh, Fisky wants to be a rapper and shit like this. You know what I mean? Mm. It was like, you know that this is the only thing that makes me want to stay alive, right? Yeah. But some people just don't get it. And she was really, she was really instrumental in introducing me to the scene and, uh, so I can meet people and give me the confidence with my writing. So it's really because of that event, I was able to reach out to to Desri, who's a poet and a good friend, mm. Crafty, um, who, who's done some don't flop stuff and stuff like that. And it was like just it just sort of grew, and I was like, I reached out to them, and about there was Banana Sharma as well at the first event. My memory's awful. Charles Edison, mm-hmm. who's a good mate, and some other poets and and rappers. And when like when like was this then? How like how many years back was this? This was. 26th of June, 2000, what year are we in? 2019. 2017. Okay, okay, cool. So two years yeah. back. Just nice. Two years. So then I, just re- you... I reached out to them. It was just like, look, I've got an issue. I told them what was going on. Yeah. And I'd met most of them sort of in person. I knew a lot of them. I was like, I'm just going to put this event on. I'm going to call it Mind Over Matter. And it's going to be about mental health. We're going to raise money for mind at the time. Um, And then just sort of in the build, they all said yes. And they came down. They all did it for free as well, the first event. And... Even in the build-up to it, like, I could feel something. I was like, this isn't just an event. Like, it's yeah. just, there's something about it. And was, was it an open mic as well, everything, with features, or was it just Yeah, it's just event? how it is now. It's like open yeah, mic the same. and features, yeah. Mm. Um, less features now, because I booked, like, nine people the first time. It went <laughs> on till like, midnight or something stupid. So it's a learning curve. Um, but I just sort of fell into it, and it was after the first event, like, literally straight after, everyone come up to me and was like, um, when's the next one? Mm-hmm. And my intention at the time, honestly, like before of it, I was just trying to save my own life. Like I wasn't thinking about anyone else. I didn't know it was going to grow into what it was going to be. It was literally to raise money for charity and give me that target to stay sober. Yeah. Because I can't be drinking and doing drugs when I'm trying to raise money for mental health and stuff like that. Mm. So that's how I gave myself a target to stay sober. And it was like two months at the time. And I did it. I got there. And then I was like, where's the next one? I was like, I'm on benefits. Are you paying for it? <laughs> um, but then I made it happen. And... The reason I did that was because so many people thanked me. And it, that's the first time that I didn't feel alone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, there are other people that, that want to talk. And it surprised me. Like, was, I remember the first event, some guy, um, massive guy, tattoo Skinner, come up to me afterwards. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and he was like, thank you for doing this, brother. And then just walked off. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's like, and it just, I've seen it help so many people since then in the past two years. And it helps me. I mean, I was sober for 18 months. It kept me sober. That event kept me sober. It was my AA for 18 months. And then I fell off the wagon. So so the night as as it is now, two years in, um, it's now a bi-weekly thing. Do you say that? Bi-weekly every two weeks? Bi-monthly. Bi-monthly. Yeah. As in it's twice uh, is a that, I don't even know. We do it know. twice a month. <laughs> you do it twice a month. Let's just say that. Know. But you do one up in uh, Chalk Farm, don't you? Yeah, Camden. Camden. Yep. In Camden. And then the other one down in Brixton. In Brixton, yeah. Um, so when 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 did it turn into a bi-weekly, twice a month thing? But it's only it's this year. Okay, yeah. Um, because one, one of the issues I had, right, it wasn't an issue, but I started it in Ballam, right, just down the road. Did you? Yeah. Where? The, uh, the Bedford. But then we thought we left there just before the first birthday and moved to Camden. Right. Because they were having a refurbishment and um, 
yeah, I just I just wanted to leave after that. I won't go to the reasons. But mm-hmm. um Yeah, we started it in self. And I always had this thing, like, you know, the the river is serious in London. Like southerners don't like going north of the river <laughs> and the same the other way. Yeah. And like it's real. And like people from North London just wouldn't come. <laughs> they were like it's too far so it's not scotland you know what i mean it's like it's like it's north of the river it's south of the river literally not that like some people did come but there's always this thing like and and then we moved to camden we yeah. had the same thing oh it's too far from south let's <laughs> get on a northern line like so, it's one, it's, <laughs> so, so um, you just thought you'd cover both ends then north and yeah. south wise so move just, <laughs> that's really clever what as in that is a wise move yeah and i just <laughs> i i enjoy doing it i'm so i'm self-employed now um mm. I mean, the events have never made money. Like I used to do for the first year that I ran my never matter. I ran it as a charity event, so I'd pay for the the first event was free. I had to pay for the venue and stuff, mm. um, but the artists did it for free. But then after that, um, I ran it for an entire year. So I pay artists, I pay venues, I pay everyone, and then all the money from ticket sales went to the charity. So I used to bring a charity in because I learned very quickly that outside of depression, addiction and loss i don't have a lot of experience yeah you know what i mean anxiety as well maybe um so i used to bring charities in one to raise money and awareness for them and also so they could talk about things that i, I can't talk about do you know what yeah. I, mean? I have no experience in that was the whole point but um after a year of doing that and then like i was spending a four or five hundred pound a month and i was on i was working a, a job that wasn't well paid mm. just so i could do that mm. Um, but I had to stop doing it after sort of a year. Like we do, like one one charity event a year now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where that came from. What like what like would you say then to anyone that's uh, thinking about launching a night or has recently just launched launch, launched tonight? Like what? Because you've obviously like that that night has become a part of the scene. Like it's you you see it everywhere, all over Instagram, and you get amazing features coming down. Um, so yeah, you've grown that in two years, which is really impressive. What like would you say? What advice would you give yourself uh, to when you were starting that out about starting out the night? Like the kind of do's and don'ts, I guess. Um, I think, I don't know, for me it happened, I fell into it, like the whole thing. Yeah. And it just, for me, it happened really organically. Like I didn't really, I didn't really try, it just sort of happened. Mm. And then I think really because of where it came from. And at the time, my friends didn't believe that I was sober. Like I think part of it was me being sober for people that knew me was a big thing. Yeah. And I was like, Fisky sober? No, you ain't. They didn't believe me mm. for like two months. And I was like, oh, fine, come to the event and you'll see. And then they did. Um, which I don't blame them, to be fair. Because yeah. I'd never even tried to get sober before. Like, <laughs> I'd never put any effort in. Yeah. And I did it. But yeah, and then people started coming to me, like TEDx, we did a um, collaboration with them. Like they did came you? to me. And then we Wicked. did a collaboration with Tavistock and Portman. The lost lectures, and these are all people that sort of came to me and sort of saw what we were doing. So, so then it all kind of grew from that. Yeah, it was right? from the it was partly where, where it came from, and we had some people from Mind at the first event, like um, service users mm. that actually came and performed on an open mic as well, which was the whole poetry and expression, and it was just really powerful, man. It sort of grew from there, and I think the only advice I give myself <laughs> is the open mic, like because this is why I work with Miss Yankee. Yeah, yeah. And she runs the open mic. And the reason that I she wanted to run the open mic is because I'll just let poets go on all night. Mm. Like, I can't say no. And But I think, I think like, some most nights have a time limit. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and that's important because what I found out with events was, uh, there was a couple of events where by the end of the night, 
because we didn't really have a limit on the open mic. Yeah. People would start to leave before the last act came on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which is not and what you yeah, want. It's, just, yeah. it's not cool, man. So, like, just that really. Open. Yeah. I think you speak to any event organizer, they'll say that's that's why they have things in place. Like, there are reasons yeah. we do it. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and we have, I mean, we have so many people that want to share. That's why we have a three minute limit. Sometimes, if it's not too busy, we'll let people go longer. But usually, there's quite a lot of people on the mm. open mic, and I hate when someone doesn't get on. I yeah. don't like it. So I've, there's been times I've extended nights like for an hour. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, re- the reason we give the time limit is because like if you if it's three minutes and you go on for six, that means someone else doesn't get a chance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Yeah. So I think, for, yeah, for me, that's the only real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, now, the next thing I want to speak to you about uh, real quickly is uh, I recently saw on your Instagram, um, you were a part of a campaign called Stop It. Yes. All about knife crime. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that project and your involvement in it? Okay, so um, I'm a flow poet, mm-hmm. um, which is um, a collective mentored by uh, the flow assist, Natalie Stewart, um, part of a uh, founding member of Flowetry, mm-hmm. um, which is an honour, to be honest, just to be able to work with her and be mentored by her and just to be included in in that collective, like, the talent is insane. <laughs> like I'm just sometimes I'm looking at it, like why am I in this collective? <laughs> like, just, you got Broken Pen, you got Woodsy, you got Miss Yankee, you got YA. Like the talent yeah. is off the scale, phenomenal. And yeah, again for me that was like finding a home that I've been looking for for twenty years. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the Stop It campaign. It's it's about knife crime and it's really a plea, uh, just us pleading to people to stop killing each other. Um, yeah stabbing each other like it's out of control and um yeah we're just sort of doing what we can to raise awareness and it leaves trauma behind like for me when i wrote my poem um flo told us it's called stop it and straight away i wrote the poem in about an hour yeah um because for me having lost that many people while like knife crime is it's horrendous it's awful and mm. for me it went also to humanity do you know what I mean? It's just like human life is not valued anymore. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. got kids, kids They're killing so each young. other. It is, yeah. And I see Buffy. things out and around, out and about around London, the way they talk and stuff. And it's just, they're so disconnected. Mm. And there's a million reasons. Like, I'm not saying that I, I, I can stop knife crime. When that's not what we're saying as a collective, but we're, yeah, we're yeah. given, we're given our voice and just pleading like to find out what the issues are. Cause there must there's got to be a thousand reasons. There's not one reason. No, of course. I mean, that, that is a thing with this type of issue is it's so complex. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in order to find a solution to it, we need a complex solution. We're just, we're just we? really trying to reach as many communities and artists as, as possible to, yeah. to get the biggest scale of it all. And yeah. Just try and, so where so where, where can people find out about that campaign and where, where can people find so out So you more can go it? to www.flowvortex.com mm-hmm. um, you can email info at flowvortex.com if um, you'd like to get involved really yeah. and at the moment there's a writing challenge as well so anyone can just record and post a video online 50 seconds um, it's got to end with the word stop it and yeah. just, just your thoughts on, on the knife crime and the, the epidemic at the moment cool okay great um, so We've got to move on to your third and, fi- and final piece. Time is flying by. Okay. Um, so it's called 
Isolation and I. Yes. Um, now, you told me before we started recording that you've never performed this one live. Is that true? I've never performed it live, no. Okay, great. Um, so this is a exclusive. Is there um, a bit of a preamble you want to do or do you feel like you want to just jump straight on into it? Your, your, your um, choice. This is, it's actually off my new album, mm-hmm. um, which is coming out hopefully in February, March, called Cheaper Than Therapy. Again, I'm not saying don't go to therapy. I'm just saying it's cheaper. But then putting an album out definitely is not cheaper than going to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really like, I've been isolated quite a lot of my life, like from 18, like in, in different parts of my life. And it started to happen again recently because I'm self-employed and I'm working from home a lot. And yeah, it's just sort of, yeah, isolation and I really. Cool, great. Okay, well, on that note, we will hear your third and final piece. This is Fisky with Isolation and I. Shared lines, beers and joints Spend so much time he's reflected in my eyes Look closely You can see When no one has answers you stop asking questions Some things a textbook can't fix The world doesn't make sense It makes me want to hide, stay inside When someone offers help, I still say I'm fine Weeks of isolation to performing in front of crowds Panic attacks mid-poem They think it's Fisky just playing around Not knowing my heart feels like it's about to explode Mind racing, thinking about all the drugs that I've taken Early mornings, face placed in the basin Effects on my body are why my mind's shaking Isolation till my mind is actually aching Broken and broke, hopeful but hope won't pay rent I can't work a job I hate where I have to be fake I was someone else for so long, this marsh you could take Sometimes we just wait. Bear the weight. Plans in motion but standing still for now Stay still Still, where there's a will, the way will be clear Old ways, the heads rear Remembering that day you broke Looking at that spot on the floor The same room, the same mirror You didn't recognise your face So many times you answered the phone to death Sometimes a text or a Facebook message sent The heights you've reached since The lows have followed Sometimes I wish the ground I walk on was level just once Messages get no response, so you stop sending them This picture they imagine but don't paint Don't say your inbox is open if it ain't Everyone's too busy Until it's too late Put 
others first because second place feels safe. Drink of drugs on my mind, too much time to think. Can't unsee things in my mind, see them when I sleep, when I blink. So I stay awake, thinking about drinking. The only reason I don't is because I can't afford to delve in. An idle mind invites the devil in. All it brings is pity to revel in. It's hard to differentiate. So sometimes we just wait. Use the space. Create. Sometimes we just wait. Use space. Great. Wow, Fisky, thank you so much for that last piece. No probs. Um, that was uh, the first time you've ever, well, as you said, you haven't performed it live anywhere, but um, that was amazing. That thank was you. really great. I appreciate um, it. How, where, how did you source the backing track for that? It sounded really cool. I can't remember. I've just got like so many beats on my hard drive that like have just come from... I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> but I just found it. And like I said, I just I just put it on and, and wrote. And then I just recorded it. And that's how it it came out with the, yeah. with the gaps and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just sort of came. It was, I'd, I hadn't seen anyone for like, I think it was like 10 days or something at the point. And I was like, I need to, like, I'm going to start drinking and doing drugs again. So I need to do something. Mm. And that's, yeah, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, cool. Well, look, I urge uh, anyone that's listening to this to head over to YouTube to watch the video of that because um, if you've ever seen Fisky p- perform live, obviously his wordplay is incredible, but his his way of presenting his work physically as well as verbally is wicked. So definitely go and check it out. Um, cool. Okay, so let's uh, move on to the last little questions that we've got on. Okay. Um, who influences uh, your work the most? That can be someone you know personally or someone through music or what kind of music do you listen to or maybe poets you like? Where do you get your inspiration from? Um, I always find this question weird. <laughs> like, yeah. like, honestly, my, the inspiration for my first album was my life. It was me. Mm. But I listen to a lot of different music. Like on my first album, there's, like I said, my dad was a musical producer. So there's a Bette Midler sample on there. Um, there's mu- like Oliver Twist sample. So I grew up with him like taking me to musicals and he used to put musicals on the, um, like in the community. Yeah. And then my mum used to listen to people like um, like country music, like Dolly Parton and stuff like that. <laughs> and there's all these really obscure artists. Um, and then, like I said, I found I found hip hop when I was... 16 something like that 15 16 mm. so i used to listen to like hardcore and go to like ra- raves in abandoned trains and do pills and stuff yeah and there was a part of me that was like i don't like this and then i found hip-hop and i was like right this is it this is what i'm supposed to be doing um so like growing up sort of i used to listen to a lot of uk hip-hop like um mud family oh, yeah. chester p skinny man mongo all that lot mm. um and then also like sort of now the people I'm around inspire me. Yeah, surely, yeah. Like the flow assist. Yeah. He's one of the best to ever do this word thing, do you know what I mean? It's like sometimes I'm, just, I'm like, how am I here with the flow assist? <laughs> yeah. It's mad. Um, cool. Yeah, so many people. Like, I'm not going to name names because then they'll get angry when I don't say their names. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Loads of people that are around me now. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Like I said okay, earlier, cool. that poem is inspired by three people I know. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, and the other question I'll ask you uh, briefly before we wrap up is um it 
I get a sense that the spoken word scene in general is growing and growing and uh, people are, um, you know, the, the kind of scene is getting larger and larger and there's more people kind of moving to it full time or focusing the, the majority of their time on it. Um, and why I created this podcast, why I created this podcast even was literally to help in that, right? I want to grow this scene. I want it to come bigger and better. Um, how do you think uh, we as a kind of, community i guess you could say can help elevate this art form and kind of take it to the next level where it becomes an industry that's a big question it is a big question Um, (laughs) i felt like you were a good guy to ask (laughs) um you know it is it is a big scene like in london Mm. but still compared to to the hip-hop scene the live music scene it's tiny yeah like it's, it's small um, but there are so many poetry events. Like you can't go a day without. You want to go to an event. There's an event every day. Yeah. Like. Um, but I, I just think I think working together, mm. like all the events. Like I've had this idea. I don't know if I should say it or not. Someone might nick it. <laughs> um, no, but I've always wanted to do like a like a spoken word festival and get all the events involved. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, okay. something like that. But um, the industry part of it um collaboration is a massive thing that like i think events should work together and promoters should work together um but turn it into an industry i don't really have the answer for that to be honest yeah of course yeah but I mean, that's tough yeah um i think a big part of it is my mind's gone blank i, I, I had a question i had an answer a minute ago and that's gone <laughs> no, this, I mean, this so. happens sometimes um <laughs> no i mean i guess look it, it is it's tricky answer it's a tricky question to answer uh oh that was it that was it sorry oh there we go great there you go 20 years of alcohol abuse doesn't um and cocaine (laughs) abuse doesn't do much for your memory (laughs) um yeah but i think we could like the scene's great man but there's not a lot of money in it yeah do you know what i mean this is why i i always pay artists at mind of a matter and um the scene's a great thing and it saved my life and it helps people and it's a great place to network but what i say is don't don't be afraid to look in other places. Mm. Like there's so many, like a little while ago, we we did something with Red Bull up in Bradford. Yeah. There's so many platforms, like big platforms that, um, that, that are looking for poets for, for like different reasons. It's all always all over social media pages. Like I get sent stuff quite a lot saying like, um, can you help us find someone for this? And yeah, like there's, there's so many opportunities because the thing with the scene is like, even if the, every event was to book you, right? Yeah. Which some people do, you get that. Um, they're not going to keep booking you. Do yeah. You know what I mean? You can't keep booking the same artist all the time. Mm-hmm. So there's only really so far the scene can take you. But yeah, just I think looking in other places, like these big corporations, like the media stuff, like Red Bull, like um, Sky, ITV. I've done stuff with the BBC, with ITV. Mm. Um and all they're all huge platforms that that pay you as well, which is important. Like yeah. I think the whole industry thing is, it, I don't know. Like I get asked to do quite a lot of stuff for free, and I've done a lot of stuff for free over the past two years. Um, and w- when it's mental health, like you always feel like glad to do it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, to a certain extent. But then I run a two mental health events per month where people get paid. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So for me, it's a bit like. I want to help you, but like, Come at on. least offer me something. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. So yeah, it's a bit weird. So I think the industry-wise, people need to start start paying artists more. Mm. 
Um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. It's difficult, man, because I know a lot of people are broke. Like I'm broke. Like there's been, there was one week where I, I, I um, lived on a bag of nuts for a week to make sure everyone got paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. easy. These events, there's no money in the events. Um, yeah. yeah, I think looking into funding for events is a yeah. good thing. Like arts council, and there's so many other funding streams. Um. Yeah, cool. Yeah, just like grow it together, really. I think if we all come together and keep working together. Then it can, yeah, grow and grow and maybe turn into yeah. something where more where more people can make It's possible. Like, it's, it's, make a living from it. It's, over the past two years, I've seen it grow. There's so many events now. Yeah. And they're all different. They all have a certain theme or like something to it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. different. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Cool. Okay. Well, that kind of brings me on to my final question is what it, what's your plans for the future? What's coming up? for Fisky that and also if there's anything else you want to plug or promote now is the time there's so much happening next year okay like, to the point I'm not even prepared for it like <laughs> I've got all this stuff and I'm like right who's paying for this <laughs> but um right what's happening uh, uh we've got the, the two monthly London events Brixton Camden they'll be continuing to run where like can people f- follow that on what's the um, you can find Mind Over Matter on Facebook Twitter Instagram at Mind Over Matter LDN Mm-hmm. or go to the website uh, mindovermatterldn.com cool and that's all the stuff's on there yeah uh, my next our next event is actually tomorrow but this isn't going to be out by then so that's pointless me saying that <laughs> but um, yeah. the next event is actually 11th of December in Camden yeah um, we've got UK hip hop legend Skinny Man <laughs> performing this is like, another one of them artists I keep booking people I used to listen to growing up like we've had Chester P we've had Mongo now Skinny Man's coming and that's like that's Mud Family that's you know mad. what I mean um, that's what I love about it and so many other artists man um, yeah so that's 11th and we've also got Jazz Kahina who's an amazing rapper who performed at our second ever event and we've also got Big Scoop mm-hmm. um, who did, who's, who's a battle rapper yeah but he's come on to the like he got pulled out of the crowd at, um, by Charlie Clips like a big American battle rapper uh-huh. and literally just started smashing the scene and he came on to the spoken word scene about five months ago and it's smashed out as well. <laughs> He's amazing. It's weird. I got a message from someone this afternoon saying, have you heard of Big Scoop? You need to get him on your podcast. Seriously. Literally this afternoon. The guy's, uh, his wordplay and everything is off this slide. So, There's yeah. some poets, right? There's some poets. I sit there and in my head, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I just sh- Not shut up, but just like, what? Where yeah, did it yeah, come yeah. from, man? Yeah like he's he's amazing like everything yeah so that's 11th of december fiddler's elbow in camden cool wicked um, so there's basically a lot going on you've got a lot i haven't even started yet you haven't even started <laughs> <laughs> go on what else is next year I can't, I, I can't really say too much about next year um confidential is it it's not confidential <laughs> but it's not like all in stone yet so i don't want to jinx it yeah but fair enough yeah we did an event in australia earlier this year um what yeah madness in um, melbourne yeah as a start, I didn't just think, oh, let's go to Melbourne. Like, there was reasons I went there. Like, things were telling me to go there. Mm. Um, so we did. And the event sold out, man. It was mad. Cool. It was great. So we're planning to go back there at some point next year. I also want to go to New York and LA. Mm. That's not in stone yet, but... And Philadelphia from recent conversations. Yeah. And I'm doing a UK tour. Hey. But... Um, yeah, that's I'm still working on it all. So that's those okay. are things I want to do. And there's a couple of other events in February that aren't mind of a matter, but that I'm involved with, which will be announced sort of I think in January. Mm. Sort of stuff. Oh, my album's coming out. I was just about to say, and then the album. Um, it's not out yet, but 
you can find my first album at fisky.bandcamp.com or it's on all the iTunes and Apple and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then my second album's coming out. I'm aiming for February or March. Okay. Um, that's called Cheaper Than Therapy. Nice. And again, I'm not saying don't go to therapy. I'm saying <laughs> if you're in a situation I was in, it helps. Yeah. Cool. Okay, look, well, I think on that note, we're going to have to wrap wrap things up, man. Cool. Thanks for having me. Um, just remind everyone where we can follow you on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at FiskyLDN on okay. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Cool. Well, Fisky, thank you so much for coming down and sharing your work. Thank you. Um, all three of those pieces were nuts. Um, make sure you check out the YouTube video online now of Fisky's third piece. Um, and yeah, thank you for coming down. And yeah, we will see you all again next week. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>